and welcome to episode 26 of my Mavericks podcast. I'm Charlie Gladstone. Thank you very much for joining me. Today's conversation is with Vivian Rickman-Poole. I first met Vivian four and a half years ago when she came to speak at our first ever edition of The Good Life Experience. I'd actually booked Kate Rue, who was the founder of the Outdoor Swimming Society, to speak at the festival, but for whatever reason she couldn't make it at the last minute and she introduced me to Vivian, who lives not far from us in North Wales. And we became good friends. Vivian is incredibly inspiring to me. What she does is what's now called wild swimming, but I think we'll just refer to as swimming. And she does it in the most extreme places and with enormous regularity. But she's not just a swimmer, she's an artist, and she uses her swimming as the main jumping off point for her art. She's talked twice now at the Good Life Experience, and I'm really excited to be able to say that she's coming back this year to carry out a number of guided swims, which will then result in the creation of some sort of art in response to that swimming. So I think that'll be really exciting. Anyway, I think that Vivian is brave, and what she does is strange and incredibly exciting. Of course, like so many incredibly talented people, she comes across as very modest and very normal. So it's often quite difficult to tease out from her what it is that she really does, but I hope I've achieved it here. Vivian very kindly came to meet me at our farm shop in North Wales in late January of 2018, and we sat down in a quiet room and had a chat. Anyway, here is Vivian Rickman-Poole. What would you describe yourself as now here at this stage in your life? I mean, you're an artist first and foremost. Yeah. But, but you've based your art around swimming in wild places. So what, what do you see yourself as? If, I, if, 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 I, if you have to fill in a form at, you know, your bank or something for occupation. I still call myself an artist, um, but I do use the title artist, educator, swimmer now because I kind of fall into those three brackets. Yes. Because I run workshops, um, create, you know, creative workshops. Um, but a swimmer has be- taken over so much now. So, you, so when I think of your work, I think of photographs of you swimming, which, which I think are probably the main way in which you, you kind of communicate what you're doing yeah. to people. Yeah. But, but it isn't really just about photography, is it? No, it's not. It's about the... I'm interested in exploring different places, and I guess the photographs are my way of communicating. Saying this is what I'm doing. Yeah, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah. So you go, you, you, you do something which is, I, I think, quite at odds to how you look. I mean, you look like a kind of very, um, you look very sort of sophisticated and urbane, and yet you're going out into these wild places and doing something which is much more extreme than you portray it as being, I think. Yeah, I think, I think so. And, and also, I think it's quite odd that I'm quite happy to photograph myself in, the, in that environment. There's, there's a whole, um, I don't know, positive body image is a bit of a, a word at the moment, but 
I don't, I don't know. Well, you say something somewhere on one of your pieces about the fact that you think people are much happier to be photographed yes. if their head isn't involved. Yeah, and, and for me, I'm quite comfortable to, in that environment to be photographed in next to nothing. And I feel very at home in that environment, whereas, I mean, sat here, I, I feel quite uncomfortable. Not uncomfortable, you no, know. No, no, I understand you. what you're but, saying. You know, you're exposed make... now, but yeah. you're not. Yeah. I don't feel exposed at all in that environment. Uh, so is there something, so that you mean that in a deep sense, and that you don't feel vulnerable when you're swimming by yourself in a lake in the middle of nowhere? No. And, and I mean, I've just come, come back from swimming in terrible winds in Ireland where the conditions were, frankly, at times I did wonder if they were a little bit dangerous. But when I was in the water, I didn't feel uncomfortable, which... Even I find quite odd. <laughs> you've now you've now swum in how many different lakes in Snowdonia? Oh, I'm actually kind of starting to feel like I've lost count a little bit. But we must be getting up to about 150. Right. Okay. Yeah. And 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 you've swum in how many different wild places around the world? Do you reckon? Oh, Just... oh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. If they're if they're uh, not part of my project, I don't count. A thousand them. or. Um, maybe not that much. No, but I mean, yeah. yeah so, so when, how did this all start? Because how old are you now? Are you allowed to ask a lady <laughs> how old they are? 44. Okay, you're 44. And so you've been swimming, you've been doing this type of swimming for... Um, since my mother passed away, it's become fanatical. Right. Um, I didn't really, that was totally subconscious, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that was the reason maybe why I was swimming more and more outdoors. But yeah, it's definitely become fanatical since she passed away. But swimming outside all my life, I mean, my mum was a swimmer and um, she took us, I mean, in the summer, she took us to the beach and, you know, we lived in the New Forest, so we went to rivers and, you know, played in rivers, as we all did as kids. Yes. Well, we, we didn't all do, but I know what you mean. I yeah. mean, swimming, was, swimming outside was a much more regular we, phenomenon. Yeah. yeah, that we all did. I think Mark Shaler said when I saw him recently, nowadays they call it wild swimming, we used to call it going on holiday. Yes, exactly, it's what you did in the summer holidays. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so that was something that you connected with your... I mean, you say she was a swimmer, she was particularly keen, was she? Yeah, well, she was from the Orkney Islands, and um, if you wanted to swim up there, I, I mean, she grew up in the 40s and 50s up there, they, they swam outside, there wasn't indoor swimming pools. So, um, yeah, her and her friends were, were always out you know, Christmas, New Year, you know, they were the ones that were out doing these kind of, I don't know, Christmas, New Year swims, or they swam in the harbour because there wasn't anywhere else to swim. So until your mum died 10 years ago, you were, you were swimming a bit, but, yeah. uh, but you, were, you were an artist and the two weren't really connected no, in your mind. No, they would connect occasionally. Um, you know, I started, I had underwater cameras and I would take them out occasionally. But not in this, not in this way, no. No, and, I'm, and, and now, as you, to use your own word, it's become fanatical. Yes, yeah, completely. And, and because, what, because you're, you're obsessed by it? Yeah, I think so. I think when you're an artist, you, you have um, a subject that you're interested in, and it could be something that's not connected to your art, it could be something that just comes into your life, but at one point the two will collide, and that that's when it becomes obsessive. And, right. and fanatical is, okay. when, is when something that you're interested in connects with your art and it becomes all-encompassing. And, um, yeah, that's when it becomes obsessive. So you make f photographs, 
you do spoken word, a uh, written word. You do lots of film. What, 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 what? Talk, just talk me through the kind of art that you've been making in the last few years, and, and how that relates it's to all, swimming. It's all I mean, I think I'm just trying to get a sense so that people understand if they haven't seen your work, you know, what Viv Rickmanpool actually does is doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I do a lot of um, self-portraiture in the water, so um, usually headless. Um, it's yeah, it's nearly always self-portraiture. Yeah. I do take other people um, occasionally. Um, it ended up being mostly of myself because it's quite difficult to get models in January to come into the water as well. So um, that's how I ended up taking images of myself. Um, I've also moved a little bit into film, um, but filming uh, yourself is quite difficult because obviously the camera's moving, the water's moving, mm. you're moving. So I do a lot of surface um, film work. Um, my background is in um, pinhole photography, so a lot of my films are based around pinhole um, films. So they're quite eerie and haunting looking, I suppose. Um, it's a beautiful film on your website of Loch Ness. Uh, yeah, no, that's just, it's... that's slow motion. Okay, yeah. but that's made by you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's while, while swimming, yeah. know, in particularly kind of hostile water. <laughs> I, I was hoping I was going to see you swimming in there because it looked absolutely <laughs> terrifying. Yeah, it was quite terrifying that day. <laughs> but okay, so now what you tend to do on, a, on a, a day when you're not commissioned to work with someone else is whatever the weather is, you drive somewhere, you put your backpack on, yep. you walk several miles. Yeah, I could walk yeah, a couple of hours in yep, to a lake. It could be a new lake I've never been to before. And then... Um, yeah, get in. And, 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 and swim for as long as you want as, to as swim As long or for. as little as I feel like, yeah. I yeah. Don't, I'm not interested in distances or times or, or measuring how cold the water is. I, I have no interest in that kind of thing at all. It's funny that, isn't it? Maybe that's the difference between what you're doing as art and most extreme sport, because most people who do extreme sports are fascinated by measuring it. Yeah. And I do, I do run, I, I like running, and I'm obsessed with those kind of statistics when I run. Yes. Absolutely obsessed, so I can see both sides. But this is pure and... Yeah, I don't, I don't want to know about those kind of statistics when so, I'm swimming. So going back to your mum and her dying, do, do you think this is, I mean, are you saying or suggesting that you're trying to kind of recapture something of your mum in this? I didn't... I never thought so, and it wasn't until um, I made a video with, uh, for Elbow for um, uh, a single real-life angel for them, and I had no idea that I was doing anything connected to my mum until I was mic'd up and, and talking to a director, and um, they, were, they were searching for a connection between me and the, and the single, and um, it, it came out, and he... He made me cry. <laughs> the director made me cry, and and it was then that I realised that there was something there, and um, I was horrified that it had come out, and and was really upset that a, a music video might have that connection to my mum, and it was going to be on YouTube forevermore, and I was really upset about it. But looking back, it did a great deal for me because it made me realise that that was what was happening, and made me come to terms with my mum's death. Yes, I think. so it's a bit like seeing a, seeing a psychiatrist and actually having yeah. a... Yeah, <laughs> but it and was a director. I was going to talk about that because, um, yeah. as, as you may remember, I'm a really massive fan of yeah. Elbow and they speak to me in a way that very few bands do. Talk me through that. It's a very unusual video because it's essentially got this very melancholy, gentle track playing in the background with you speaking over it. Yeah, 
How did it come about? Um, they just they sent me an email. <laughs> I got an email from um, the director, um, Mark, um, who does most of their creative work, um, just saying that they'd seen me and uh, well they'd seen my work and uh, that was I interested in doing a, a video for them. And um, I wasn't so familiar with Elbow at the time, so um, I just spoke to some friends. And we were swimming at the time at the beach, and I just spoke to some friends, and I was like, you're really into music, what do you know about Elbow? They've asked me to be in a video. And they were like, you need to answer now and say yeah. yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, we spoke the next day. Um, I think I met them, I met Mark a few days later. And from start to, to release was five weeks. From right, that okay. email to it being released was five weeks. And um, the team that came were, were lovely. I'm still in contact with lots of them now. And um, yeah, brilliant. It's a very beautiful film. I mean, you can see it on your website or, or indeed yeah. just on YouTube. But, um, and so, yeah, that, that's fascinating. So that stopped, did that change then the intensity of your work, that realisation? Yes, completely, yeah. It, it changed everything. And it, it, it really changed how I looked at what I was doing and in particular with, with Mum's death. Because I hadn't even told some of my friends that she had died. So um, I kept everything inside and that film brought it all out. I think it's probably quite common that to keep it all inside, isn't it? Yeah. And, and also highly necessary probably to let it all out. Yeah, because lots um, of people contacted me and said, I didn't even know your mum had died. You know, and, and I would not be able to talk now like no, I had before. No, no. Yeah. So, no, that's um, really interesting. So, so that sort of changed the intensity of it. And, I mean, do, do you swim most days? Yeah, most days. I'll yeah, swim. and you live where? I live in Clamberis, so I do have a huge lake on my doorstep, you know, within a minute's walk from my house. I've got Klimperdam, um, which is beautiful. So I can, yeah, I can be in there pretty quick. <laughs> but are you known as the kind of mad swimming woman by some of your neighbours, do you think? Yeah. Oh, look, Viv's gone in again. Yeah, especially when I come home just dressed in my kind of towel roby, yeah. <laughs> where it's so cold that I can't even get changed. So. But a lot of, but so you, go, you walk out to this lake or loch or where, whatever it is, you go swimming. Are you looking, are you trying to find something, some experience in that and, you, and it changes every time or is it always roughly the same or? Yeah. I, I always, there's, there's like a need to be enveloped in the water, like it's, I often say it's like up to my shoulders, but particularly at this time of year when it's cold, I like that feeling of the coldness on my skin. Yes. It's, um, yeah, and I like to, I like to be submerged is in Is that it. what you call, I know there's a film on your website called Afterglow, is, yeah. is, is it the coldness that's the afterglow when you come out? No, the, the afterglow, I mean, I, you, I rarely get it anymore because I'm so used to the cold, which is, yeah, just a, a fact of yeah. swimming so much. But um, yeah, the afterglow is, it's like a, a, a flood of warmth, like a rush of warmth that comes across your body and then, and then you get like a cold to your bones feeling mm. inside. But you get it when you first start swimming and um, then obviously you get it the colder the water is. But I couldn't tell you when I last had it. I no, OK, yeah. so that's kind of gone. Yeah, it's gone. Your body's become... So nice used to it, it. yeah. And, and it's, it's really interesting that swimming has become such a big thing. Mm. And I assume part of that is that kind of nature and being outside is in, is in vogue at the moment, thank yeah. goodness. But what is, it that, what is it that you... Why do you think that's become such a thing? I think it's, we're, we're all quite nostalgic now. We like to look back to the past. And I think it's, it's something that reminds, well, it certainly reminds me of my youth. Um, 
it's free, you know, in days of austerity now. Yes. It's something we can do that we don't have to pay for. And, and you're right, we're all, we all want to get in tune with nature, so it, it ticks all of those boxes. And it presumably has, provided you don't have a heart attack when you go in, which always worries me, <laughs> presumably it has quite significant health benefits as well, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, I'm convinced, I never touch wood, I never get a cough or a cold, and I'm convinced that's why. But my husband doesn't either, and he never goes swimming. <laughs> yeah, your husband doesn't like swimming at all, right? <laughs> no, he's, he's allergic to water, yeah. He never goes in. But, he, but he's, he, he's quite relaxed about you saying, I'm, I might go swimming today, and you... Yeah, no, he's absolutely fine. Do you, do you leave an, an, a note of where you are? Or? No, I mean, I, I used, I, he used to come with me. This was how I started swimming alone. He would come with me and sit in our van. And um, I noticed, you know, when I was out in the middle of the lake, he'd be reading a book, and he couldn't even see me. And I was like, what's the point of bringing him? So, <laughs> so I left him at home. It's your waving <laughs> frantically. Yeah, yeah, I need help. He can't even see me. So yeah, I left him at home, and then I mean, last week I was away in Ireland swimming, and I had a you know I was at a private house with my own access um, to the lake, and nobody knew when I got in and when I got out. So, but that for me is quite exciting. You know, I like that feeling of being. So there's something that you say. I think that it takes you over. It's it's all encompassing when you're in the water. Yeah. Are you are you brave? No, not sometimes when I'm stood there, I am not brave. <laughs> no, so when, I don't feel brave. So you come across, but I, I think my question is, you come across as incredibly casual about it, but does your heart rate go up sometimes? Yeah, I, I think so. And I mean, particularly, um, I've been, I've swum quite a bit in Scotland. I mean, those lakes are dark and black and peaty and frightening to get into really intimidating and I find that really scary. And Is that I'm, because you can't see what's below yeah, you Yeah, I can't around see anything. You. you know, that's where the beasties are. Yes. They're going to eat me. <laughs> yeah. do, do you mind the beasties? No, no, I'm petrified no. of beasties. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, that, because Caroline, my, my Caroline, loves swimming, but, but only in, when she can see the bottom or yeah. around her. She can't bear it because the, I yeah. thought you would just be completely immune no, from that. No, no, petrified of anything that touches me. <laughs> and what happens when you see fish or something like that? I mean, I used to be really scared of fish, and I'm not, I'm not so bothered about them now. You know, it's just something you get used to, isn't it? But um, it's just, yeah, I mean, something touching me or coming across a large rock, it's, it's the, the mind games that that plays on you. You know, once you've realised it's a huge rock, it's fine. But, you, but it seems to me that you, you like that. I mean, you may, not, you, you may not immediately like it in the way that you like a nice cup of coffee or something, but... It seems to me that you must yeah. need that fear. Were you, when you were a child, did you do extreme things like ride motorbikes or...? I used to ride horses, I suppose. Yeah, OK, horses, yeah. Very, yeah, yeah, more extreme than anything, really. Yeah. Um, but I think the trade-off is, is when you get out, how great you feel. Like, you have, you have to go in and experience all of that for that feeling afterwards. And that's, yeah, that's what you're saying. Is it the same feeling as running or a different feeling? Yeah, the two are quite similar, I yes. think. Yeah. The two are really similar. Because they always say about running, the hardest thing is getting out of the front door. Yeah. Which I think is true. Yeah. You know, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not feeling quite right yeah. today. Yeah. And, and you, you, you now, just, just to sort of talk a bit, I want to talk about the, the art as much as the swimming, but now you do guided swimming days. Mm -hmm. so, so people can come to you and you'll take them to on a couple of swims or something. Yeah. And is that, is that popular, hugely popular? Yeah, it's, it's been really popular. Yeah, it has. Um, yeah. Mm. 
Okay, so but that's not <laughs> but but that's not what you really what really moves you is is not only just the swimming but also making some sort of art out of it. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to just be somebody who t who will guide you up to any lake you want to go to. Um, for me, it has there has to be a creative element because that's why I swim. You know, swimming definitely feeds my creativity. That's what the water gives to me. And that's what I wanted to share with other people. I mean, I love sharing what I do. You know, I share it yes. online. I don't always share everything immediately because some things are special and need to be kept secret. Mm. You know, I like, you know, I might work on a river, you know, on all the different river pools for maybe 18 months before I share anything, you know, because I want it to be mine. Mm. You know, sometimes we need to keep things, don't we? But the sharing element for me is, is hugely important. And the guided swims came about by wanting to share them with actual humans. You know. But do you want those people to make make some some sort of creative statement yeah, after want... it as well? I mean, or can they just come swimming? No, I want them to have a, that creative connection too that I have. You know, so I encourage them to bring you know their, their camera or their sketchbook or notebook or or sound recorder you know with them so yes. that they can get some get what I get from it as well. Wait, so, as a student, you studied photography. No, I studied fine. I studied painting. Oh, you studied painting. Okay, but then you okay, and yeah. then and then pinhole photography became. Yeah, your I mean, thing. I I did photography um, kind of alongside painting, so um, it's always been there. And now you've built, am I right, this elaborate kind of contraption that allows you to hold the camera. Se I have several contraptions. Away from you. Yeah, and you've built them. Yeah, they're not high tech, <laughs> and they change. Yeah, they're just kind of floats, really swimming floats, with various things hanging off them. And remote control. Yeah, the cameras are operated yeah. remotely. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 that's that's just really essentially kind of for your own records, or do you sell photographs? Or? Yeah, occasionally I sell prints. Yeah, as well. But your but most of your work is is ending up. It seems to me being film, either made by you or by someone else. Yes. Yeah. I mean, clearly filmmakers are fascinated by you. You've done quite a lot of films. Yeah, I've done quite a bit of filming. Why, why, do, you think, why do you think they're so interested by you? Do you think, because you're presenting this as no big kind of deal, but it, it's quite bonkers what you do in some <laughs> ways, isn't it? <laughs> I don't, well, I mean, Afterglow, the, the, um, the winter swimming one, that was, um, came about by... Um, the, the two guys, the two directors were, were making a series of films about people who were passionate about what they did. So I was passionate about swimming in winter. Um, it just happened that Snowdonia delivered some fantastic conditions and we had that amazing snow that weekend. I mean, it was difficult for filming, but um, it was, yeah, beautiful conditions and, and perfect for, for what I like doing, you know. So um, we were really lucky. And I, I was really pleased that they covered my artwork in the film because... I think it's quite difficult to make a film about someone who's making photography or films as well. So um, I was really pleased that they covered that. But um, yeah, that film has received a lot of attention, an awful lot of attention. But I think because, yeah, the conditions in it... Won it won some amazing awards, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, it won um, Best Woman uh, in Adventure Film at um, Sheffield Film Festival this year. No, last year. Last year. Last year, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's... That, that's, that's... Um, very impressive. Um, you had you had a bad, really bad back injury, didn't you? Yeah, I, I yeah I, I slipped um, a disc twice, 
and um, it crushed my, it was central, the slip, and it crushed That wasn't my... swimming, I mean, it just happened doing something else. Yeah, well, yeah, I was doing some filming with the BBC, <laughs> but it was totally unconnected. It happened the day afterwards. Um, nothing to do with, with that filming work, but it crushed all the um, nerves down one leg, so I still have um, a weak leg, and I ended up having surgery um, for it. But yeah, it was... And you couldn't swim for a long time? Well, I, I was only actually out of the water for one month, and that was after surgery, but I did keep swimming. Um, the surgeon said, you know, I don't think you'll be walking up any mountains, and I took that as he meant Everest, not Snowdon. Right. So I kept, I did keep going out and kept walking. They said keep walking, so I did keep walking. And I wouldn't swim, but I'd float. And um, I used it really as a catalyst for my work. You know, I used it to look more at words and, and how I was feeling in the water because I was very, uh, what's the word, very rigid. You know, I was very clumsy. I had to use a stick to get in and out of the water. Um, I You're very rigid before us or after you'd had the operation? No, before, while I was waiting for surgery. Right. I was, I was really clumsy. I kept falling over, you know. Um, it, was, um, it, was a, it was a really difficult time, but it was great for my, for my work, yeah. And, and, and now swimming presumably helps it hugely. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the swimming was great. The swimming was great all the way through. Um, I can't do distance swimming now, and I rarely wear a wetsuit just because of the, what it does to my spine. I thought you didn't wear a wetsuit anyway, though. Well, I know I do, I do occasionally put okay. one on. I mean, yeah, rarely. If I was doing distance swimming, like in a swim six kilometres or something, I might have put one on. It's, it's, it's quite a different experience isn't it in a wetsuit yeah i mean i do some of my swimsuits are made of neoprene right um but yeah the the full length wetsuit is... don't worry i don't think you're cheating I just, <laughs> <laughs> I just i just you know i just imagine you being um yeah it's, it's a different experience it's yeah you know i'm not i i think it doesn't matter what you wear you know swimsuit wetsuit birthday suit wear whatever makes you happy so if i was interested in becoming a swimmer in in wild places what are the things that I have to think about? I mean, I, I jokingly say um, heart attacks, but actually, I mean, in very cold water, yeah, that no. can be a problem. But yeah. I mean, what, what would you, what, how, would, how would I go about it? I mean, I'd need to go initially, presumably, with a friend, just for yeah, safety's sake. Yeah, I think, sake. yeah, always, always swim with, I mean, I know I swim alone, but I've been swimming for a long time and I know my own limitations. You know, I've made massive mistakes out swimming and got incredibly cold. Um, but I have that experience now and I really do listen to my body. So they should go with someone else? Go with somebody else and, and yeah, wear a wetsuit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, A, it, I mean, it keeps you really warm, um, but B, it, protect, it gives you that kind of protection from things like the beasties, the weeds, you know, you have that, it's like an extra layer. Mm. And um, if I was swimming somewhere new that I was really worried about, then I might pop it on because, you know, Nothing's going to get me. <laughs> and is the best thing, I, I, I never quite know this when I'm swimming somewhere cold, is the best thing, do you think, just if you can, to kind of go in and go under straight away? Or is it better just to walk slowly, in slowly? Yeah, slowly, don't jump in. Why is that better, just because well, it's more cold water extreme? Shock. Yeah, cold water shock from jumping in. So, um, yeah, just get used to the water slowly. Because you really gasp when you jump in. Yeah, you? exactly. However young that and fit you are. Gasp reflex, I think they call it. Do you, ever get, do you ever get scared? I mean, you mentioned there that you've, you've kind of overdone it once or twice or done... Do you, do you ever get scared when you're out somewhere and think, shit, I'm out of my proverbial depth here? Yeah, I mean, only last week I... I, um, I, I mean, I lost a day um, from... Lost a day not being able to photograph because the weather was so bad. So the next day I 
kind of went to town a bit, went in three times. Um, I, got, I got really cold, but I didn't, my, um, it wasn't in the water that it was a problem, it was out the water. Um, my body was so cold, and even when I was trying to warm up, I was like, this isn't, you know, it's not right. It's not working. It's not working, I yeah. don't feel like I'm warming up. And that's a wake-up call. That's like, if you've ever done it today. Three swims is too much. Three swims is too much. Don't do that tomorrow. Yes. You know? Yeah. You know, so, and I've had that before filming um, in January, um, going in and out the water, and then going back in and going, this, this water feels warm. And that's a big, a big sign in January when you start to think that the water's warm. Because, because you're, you're cold. Right, OK. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. and, that's, and I, I didn't warm up that day maybe for about six hours. I was, I was in a bad way, you know, and that, they're big wake-up calls. How do you warm up if you're very cold like that? Um, warm drinks, you know, yeah. try to warm up from the inside out, get changed really quickly and move, you know. You right. Need to... So when you get out, do you always have a, like a thermos of yeah, tea or coffee or something? Yeah, always have um, hot soup or, or tea or coffee. And then get your, get your swimming kit off and your hot clothes on yeah. and try and get up. Yeah. Dry clothes. Yeah, yeah, if I'm up in the mountains, I'll get changed really fast and then just leave. Yeah, just walk down. Do you have a, a, a built-in sense when you get somewhere and you think, I shouldn't go in here? Yeah. Either because of your own self or because the water looks too dangerous? Yeah, sometimes I'll, I'll have, you know, I, I make a decision that I don't want to go in. And, and that's a big part of going into the mountains alone for me, is I think it's important, well, for me, I guess for all of us, to make our own decisions and then have to live by them, the, the decision that you make. So if I go to a lake and then go, do you know what, for some reason it, I don't want to go in. You know, it could be too weedy or, you know, too dark or too intimidating. I, I don't want to go in. But I know when I walk away, I will feel like I've let myself down a bit. But I have to live with that. You know, make that decision, Viv, and live with it and live with that feeling of feeling a little bit let down. You, you feel like you've let yourself down, do you? No, but I think sometimes we'll go and do things and then we'll push ourselves because we don't want to have that feeling that I should have gone in, I should have done it. It's also partly, presumably, just not going home and saying to your husband or your friends, I, I didn't out. swim. Yeah. yeah, I didn't swim. I mean, I imagine that that's, you know, that it's more other people's yeah. image yeah, it's of other you, people. I think. So um, I'm quite happy now to go and make those decisions and live with them and go, do you know what, it wasn't, I wasn't feeling it today, I left it. Do you think you've set yourself up as a, as a, as a, you know, a bit too kind of brave in that way? So it's an odd question, but I mean, I think there must be an extent think, to which you kind of become, vid- oh, she, she can do anything. I think, I think sometimes, yeah, like I, I might, last week I posted a picture of the waves and it was really exciting photographing the waves when they were really, ra- you know, the wind was really raging and, and people might say, oh, you were brave going in there and then you think, oh, I, yeah, I feel, did my ego get the better of me that day? It you must know? be about your ego. I mean, yeah. every, I, I think that everything we do yeah. is, is essentially about oh, kind of, yeah. you know, it, it, there's a consideration, well, certainly in my case, yeah. of what other people will think of it, which, of yeah. course, is a good thing. It keeps yeah. you on the straight and narrow. But maybe that's why being able to go to a lake and make that decision not to go in is maybe, that's, that's what I mean about it being good for me. It's good, for, it's good to beat my ego sometimes and say, you don't, I, you don't have to do that for you, walk away. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, no, that's it does, why, absolutely. That's why I have, I have to go and make those decisions and, and live with them. 
yeah. Mm. It's me maybe going, stop that ego. And what's the, I'm sure that everyone wants to ask this and that you've been asked it a thousand times, but what's the scariest swim that you've ever done? Uh, I was um, swimming with some friends in the lake by where I live, Klimpadan, and it was really choppy water. And I, it was one of the first times I had cro done a crossing without my wetsuit. So it's just kind of early, going back quite a few years. And the other two were in wetsuits, I think. And it was, it was really, really, it was so choppy that you couldn't really see each other. And I remember stopping and feeling heavy in the water because you, you don't have the same buoyancy as when you're in a wetsuit. And I was checking to look for them and I couldn't see the guy who was behind me. But I knew I couldn't stop because I felt so heavy when I stopped. So I just swam on. And for me, that was frightening because I didn't... Because you felt like you left him behind. Yeah, yeah. left him behind. And that was one of the most scary, scary situations. So what, yeah. what, how did you feel when you got out? He was, he was fine. He came, yes. He came, he was I, I assume you weren't going to say, and he drowned. Yeah, and that was, he drowned. <laughs> that, that, was that's awesome. why I mentioned it. Yeah, but but do, I, you feel, do you feel quite... I mean, sometimes you get out and feel like bursting into tears when no, you've had a scary experience. No, not really. No, because that no. was possibly the only really scary one. Um, but yeah, I felt utterly selfish that, that day. But I felt like I had, I had to keep moving. You know, I had to move. Yes, on. you had no choice. Yeah, I had but to also that, that's another weird thing in life, isn't it? Is endlessly being responsible for other people is really yeah. quite wearing. Yeah. Yeah. And we, yeah, we were all equals, I guess, that day. But yeah, you feel like you still need to look out for each other. And it was, yeah, it was, didn't feel good. And, and what about Loch Ness? That is, I mean, just talk, talk uh, me through that a bit well, more. Well, that day, I, I just met um, a Scottish swimmer that I knew from, from being me, meeting online, and we went for a swim, and, and they swim there every week. I think right. they swim every Saturday. So, um, yeah, we went in, and we stayed in for about 20 minutes. And it was warmer than some of the other Scottish locks because it's quite low, although it's, you know, massive. It's incredibly deep in places. Yeah, it's it? really deep. Yeah, yeah really deep. Um, but the scariest thing about swimming in Loch Ness was we went into the, the pub that's, we were at Dora's, is we went into the pub that's near there and we'd got so cold, I was more worried about spilling my coffee right, okay. on me <laughs> than about the swim. <laughs> that was the most like intimidating thing. Which... You, don't want to, you don't want to spill your coffee in that particular in pub? In front of my you? new friend. No, okay. <laughs> there is, are you one of the um, core members of the Outdoor Swimming Society? Yeah, I've, I've done an awful lot for them over the years. I'm having a bit of a break at the moment just because I've done so much over the years. What is the Outdoor Swimming Society? Um, I mean, was it established by Kate Rue? Yeah, it's established by yeah. Kate Rue in 2006. And, um, yeah, she, I mean, she's done wonders for the outdoor, you know, well, for, the, for swimming in general. But what, what function would it have to me if I... I mean, I, I know Kate Rue a little bit and she introduced you and I, but I, I don't, I've never really been clear what if I was interested in swimming, what, what it would... It's, it's a great place to go for advice. So, I mean, I came across it because I wanted to buy a wetsuit, you know, so I went on there and it, it will tell you what kind of wetsuit to buy. You know, it goes from that basic information to um, access, you know, what, what is the law on accessing a river. So you can go on there and find that information. Uh, cold water acclimatisation, it talks about that. Um, safety, um, interesting stories about swimmers are on there. Um, they have a, a newsletter that goes out every week. So, and there's always great stories. So that's a good, it's a good place to, to go yeah, to. Yeah, it's a you, great place. And then if you want other people to swim with, and they've got you know, a whole massive community, 27,000 people who you can hook up with and go out and do different things. And then they have events, a couple of events a year. 
Um, like the Dart 10K is a great place. It's like kind of a mini festival to go right. to with a great feeling. What's it called? The Dart 10K. Okay. Um, it's down on the River Dart. And um, yeah, great atmosphere down there. Fantastic. Great fun. Yeah. And, and um, talking of festivals, you're gonna, you've, been to the, you've spoken at the Good Life Experience twice. Twice, yeah. Um, and this year, 2018, we've just been discussing what you might do, what, what you're going to do. So tell me, tell me about that. I mean, obviously you and I have only just had yeah, our own discussions, just, but yeah. it's going to happen. Yeah, it is. So um, we're planning some creative swim sessions. So, uh, yeah, going down to the lake and uh, having, having a swim in the lake. And then, yeah, seeing what creativity can come out of it afterwards. And people can bring wetsuits if they want to, but yes. they shouldn't need them at that time. Either, no, I, I don't think. I mean, yeah, traditionally September is the warmest time of the year for water, so it's going to be toasty. Will you try and will you try and guide them in in their the the, the creative process afterwards? Or I mean, will you say I want you to make a poem this time, or to? do a drawing or whatever or will you just sort of that do you like seeing what what people yeah i think i think it's nice to guide it a little bit yeah definitely it's nice to guide it a bit but yeah ultimately people could bring sketchbook notebook sound recorder if they be want good to, to make some sound recordings yeah actually, it'd be lovely it? to make because some I, sound I think recording. they're so it's so interesting when people are talking because it's essentially so unguarded yeah particularly if you can get the recording on straight away afterwards yeah you know when yeah. they're still cold or whatever yeah and we'll, we'll definitely have a, you know, we'll have a fire of some sort that That'll you can sit around and, yeah. and um, have some coffee on or make some marshmallows or whatever. Yeah, that would be amazing. Also, what, what I think is really interesting, um, and, and, and a slight subtext to this conversation about the good life and about your work, is that I get the feeling that Wales is having an interesting time at the moment in terms of creativity and, and people doing interesting things. I think, there always, I think there's always been this community, but it get, my sense is that it's beginning to really emerge at the moment. Do you have any sense of that? Sorry, can you say I that? mean, do you think interesting, more and more interesting and creative things are going on in Wales at the moment? Oh, yeah, I think so, yeah. There, I mean, there's lots of... Um, just like an area like Clandidno has got a huge regeneration scheme going on, but at the heart of it is creativity. So... Um, Lots of the buildings are moving over to being used as creative venues. And I mean, that wasn't happening before. They're bringing in artists, you know, big, bigger named artists are coming in, but working with, you know, little old ladies that are making, I don't know, sewing. And I'm just like finding, I'm just, it's maybe just it's because we've started The Good Life and we've been, I'm just finding that there's this enormous constituency of people who are wanting to do creative things. I mean, Wales always strikes me as being such a modest country because it doesn't really shout about itself in the yeah. way that lots of other countries do. No, you're do. right, they don't. Um, but yeah, there's, there's lots of... There's always been a huge community, but you're right, nobody um, really shouts about it. What, what brought you to Wales? Uh, love. Ah, OK. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my partner is a um, mountain instructor, so um, we actually live, both live down south. But he ended up gravitating to the mountains, so I followed him. And what, what he, he does what? He, he... He's a, yeah, he um, takes people out in the mountains or he climbs, he offers climbing qualifications as well. Right. Okay. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much. Oh, That's thank you. That's fantastic. Lovely. So thanks very much, Viv, for that. I hope that you enjoyed that as much as I did, those of you who are listening to it. 
Thanks so much for joining us both. Thanks very much to my friend Jim Friend for loyally editing this. And as ever, thanks so much to you for joining me on my hobby and making it all, all the more worthwhile. If you know how to do it, it would be great if you could rate the podcast on iTunes. A lot of people have said to me they've tried to and they don't know how to do it. And being technically quite a novice, I don't really have much idea how to do that. Um, although I have managed to rate myself. I gave myself five stars. Um, so, But you can only do that once. Otherwise, I'd have done it lots of times to try and get me up the ratings. Anyway, that's enough of me. Thanks so much for joining me. And I have some more good interviewees lined up very soon. I'll see you soon. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>